move with intention. Move with intent every single day. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and this is another episode in the Athlete's Voice series of episodes on the Daily Helping, where we are interviewing exceptional athletes doing even more exceptional things in the world. My guest today, Tijay Ashmead, she likes to go by TJ, so we're going to call her TJ. She is a former Division I Olympic and professional basketball player, and Usually I go into the whole thing about her story, but her story is so cool and inspiring. I'm not even going to say it now. (laughs) I'm going to let her say it, but she's now working as a public speaker, coaching other athletes and individuals reach their full potential. She's got two master's degree. And a tech company. And a tech company. Mm -hmm. So so there's a lot we get to talk about. TJ, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm always excited to do new things, experience new things, and meet new people, honestly. I'm a people person, so I'm always down for it, especially in sports. Wouldn't guess that at all. So so this is really cool because, you know, we're actually sitting here in person and we're at a really sensational event here in Atlanta, Georgia, where athletes are truly changing the world. Yes. And so we're definitely going to talk about how you're making an impact. Of course, of course. I want to hear your story first because I know that there's been challenges and that's understating it. So let's go back in the the TJ time machine and uh, tell us your superhero origin story. Oh, wow. I mean, uh, my story is not special. No, (laughs) I will say I just had a very, very interesting upbringing. I mean, I always tell people what is kind of like surprising as I step out the realm of New New York and Brooklyn and just the Bronx. It kind of was the norm in my community and life. So, you know, long story short or not too short, I was born in Jamaica and I came to the States permanently, roughly around 13, 14. And in that midst of coming to the States, you know, um, for Caribbean people or individuals who are not born here, when you come to America, it is the land of opportunity. You come here and you can do anything you want to do and be anything you want to be. So that's what we were taught. And I came here and we, me and my family, my mother, and my sister, um, we settled in the Bronx at, at first. And while we were in the Bronx, you know, it was not necessarily what I necessarily thought the land of opportunity should be. Remind you, I did go to school here um, younger ages, probably around nine, 10, but then I went back and forth. Um, and then I was here permanently again. So I say all that to say I started to interact with the wrong crowds and kind of get I got in gang affiliated and you know started to 
participate in gang activities that I shouldn't have participated in, but I felt welcomed. I felt supported. I was in a community that was like, listen, you're new here, let's cover you. And it wasn't the covering that I needed, but I didn't know the difference. So me being in that community um, came with some rocky turns and I ended up getting shot. And when I got shot, it was a very transcending, of course, life-changing part of my life. But honestly, it didn't, it wasn't what slowed me down by no means. It actually was my brother getting shot, my younger brother, because he was following in my footsteps. And I didn't think that was a thing until I seen it happen, you know? So he got shot and that's what shifted me to really dive into sports. So I ran track. I did junior Olympics for um, track and fail, pen relays. And then um, I started to do basketball and then I got my little brother into basketball and then I went D1 and then my little brother went D1. So I seen that what I was doing was really playing a ripple effect on him and I wanted to be a positive influence on him. And so that's the upbringing of my life. And, you know, even that I was, I forgot that I was placed in special special education and, you know, I necessarily did not, again, understand or kind of failed the difficulties, but I knew there was hardships. If that was like, I knew, I just thought these were just normal hardships that were like kind of just supposed to happen to a, a young individual like me in my neighborhood. And then now, you know, I'm just doing my thing <laughs> um, through all these struggles and obstacles and hurdles. I just never took no as an answer and I kept on bulldozing through it. I was fortunate to go to um go to junior college where I still did wrong but then I everything had to happen the way it happened because I ended up getting recruited to Senior Hall after losing a scholarship to Rutgers University and I got recruited by Ann Donovan when she was leaving the New York Liberty that summer to enter into D1 basketball. And if you don't know who Ann Donovan is, I don't know if you know sports at all, to be uh, to be realistic. She's the pioneer of women's sports. She is up there with the Pat Summits of the world and the Gino Arianas and, you know, in women's sports and women's basketball specifically. Um, and it was just a very kind of transcending moment for me. I, she understood who I was, what I went through and where I wanted to go and how I wanted to help my little brother. And she pushed me forward. So there's a lot <laughs> we, we could, this was like five minutes and you just gave us Everything. 20 years of your I life. To- so uh, there's a lot I want to unpack there. So first of all, um, it's interesting because you got into the gang because you didn't really have people, right? Like they were your people. Yeah. And it's, I'm curious, what was it like getting out of the gang? Because it's often said that get it's out. easier said you don't, than you don't, you don't get ever out. get out, yeah. right? You get out when you're you dead. You just stop being active, you know? So that's what happened for me. I just stopped being active as soon as I entered CN Hall. I kind of just kind of realized, whoa, like, you have something greater than self and your brother is watching you. You cannot continue to do this. So I stopped being active at the age of 19. I want to say 18, 19. Um, I'll say 19 when I came into Seeing Hall. I really don't know the age specifically, but I just stopped being active. I I stopped being a lookout on the rooftops in Brooklyn. (laughs) I stopped making drug drops to be transparent. I stopped doing things that were, you know, that would count me as an active um, gang member. And that just kind of the way was the way of life. And honestly, it was 
it wasn't hard because I was always known as the girl playing basketball. Don't bother TJ. She got some, she's she's going somewhere, you know, she's playing ball. Nah, TJ's going to make it out. She's playing ball. Leave her alone, you know? So they kind of just respected that, okay, you protected me this whole time. I mean, it wasn't the best necessarily protection, but you, you know, watched over my little brother and myself in a neighborhood where a lot could have went wrong a hundred different times. And I was always the girl that played ball. So let me play ball now. Let me fully commit to this. And your brother, was he also, did they leave him alone too? They, that was one of the main reasons why I joined a gang. Because if, if I joined willingly, they wouldn't have gone after him. And that was, you know, young black man, they would have gone after him quickly. So by me willingly stepping in again, it was like leave TJ and her brother and her mom alone. You know, TJ's playing ball. So. okay. And you you mentioned that you through your childhood had these learning disabilities that got diagnosed. So tell us about that, too, because now you're, you know, two (laughs) masters and on your way to a Ph.D. So that's obviously I'm so tired. And I have a paper due and I'm just like, oh, I annotated bibliography and I'm just like, I cannot right now. Um, Yeah. So simple said, I was just, I had a learning disorder. I, and I didn't know, I didn't know until I was at college that I had ADD, which is now just simply ADHD, you know? And I was placed in special education because I think it was just like a more easier way out for the admin who was treating me at the time. It was kind of just like, well, we have these classes and, you know, they're supposed to be better because um, special education was, it wasn't new, but it was still kind of like two, 2001, like, you know, I'm, you know, heading in or two thousand around that time. And I say that's all to say it was more so like, I just learned different. And I was, and I was okay. I was not okay with it at that time, but I love it now. You know, I learn different. I, I'm different. I read different. I pick up knowledge differently. I have knowledge gaps that have to be filled and be a little bit more um, attended to, you know, and I love that because it just makes me who I am now. Um, but I was in place in special education. I was called stupid and I changed the narrative of the word stupid to strength, toughness, understanding, persistence, identity, and determination. Do that you know? again, Slower. Do that again slower. Um, yeah, so I was called stupid and I changed the narrative yep. of the word stupid. Strength. To strength, toughness, understanding, persistence, identity, and determination. How old were you when you came up with that? <laughs> I came up with this probably 2015. So recent, you know. Okay, so this is Re- new. Yeah, right. this is recent. Um, when, no, I came up with it 20, 2010. Sorry, 2010 because it was probably a couple of weeks after I found out I had ADD at Seton Hall University. Um, but I started to use it powerfully, um, like in journals and my vision board 2015 when I was playing overseas. So, cause I was just going through a tough year, but yeah. And that just, it really kind of put that narrative in my mind. Like I do not ever want to live by any opinion anyone puts on me. I am a free goddess, angel, bird of the world. I am just thriving in the life that I have, and I only have one chance at this. And I'm going to live at the most fulfilling, understanding that there's going to be hurdles, obstacles, hardships, but that's not going to hold me down. What is life without hardships? Like, it's, it's a balance, you know, so... Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. 
I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I, I'm curious, and, and then I do want to talk your your post basketball life. Oh. Um, so, what what stopped you from going to Rutgers? What what ended up happening to lose that scholarship? <laughs> you know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened. No, I'm messing with you. <laughs> um, uh, what had happened was I stole cheeseburgers. <laughs> That's oh, what okay. had happened. So I was at junior college, Trinity Valley, and then long story short. Uh, one day before our JUCO championship, I went to the supermarket and instead of using my per diem money, I was just like, you know, what? just, I just stole, I don't know why, but I stole the cheeseburgers and then my teammates just started calling me the hamburglar. <laughs> That's forward. pretty funny, actually. <laughs> so, and then well, I- How did Rutgers find out you were the hamburglar? They find out everything. I don't know. <laughs> they find out. It made grimace or Ronald McDonald. Well, I had I was arrested. It was a real thing. Okay, well that's a thing. That's yeah. yeah. So I was arrested, fingerprinted up, mugshot up for hamburgers, and that's when I knew like sports was just something that you know, you know, even in a Brittany Griner situation, like sometimes we have to be examples for people to learn a lesson. You know, um, it, it sucks, but it's true. If it's any consolation, impulsivity is often seen in those with ADHD. So maybe you were having one of your moments. Ooh, but, um, and I didn't but, know it, but it also seriousness though uh getting shot Mm -hmm. having the the learning differences and then making a poor decision which got you arrested and cost you a scholarship at a d1 school um at that point were you thinking all right well i'm just gonna get out of jail and like was that like a moment that you realize that things needed to change in, in some way no because again it was again it was my brother him getting shot at while i was at trinity valley that shifted it so when i got to see a hall i had a i had a coming to jesus moment immediately with my coach was it was the arrest for the the cheeseburgers before your brother was shot no, it was after. after. Okay. Um so no, it was before. Sorry. It was before he got, it would have to be if you had just yeah, gone to Seton Hall. Yeah, it was Hall, before because right? okay. I just got at Seton Hall. Sorry. So what? So when the Seton Hall's coaching staff was talking to you and they see this arrest, like how did you? Like, Coach Donovan your, called me. She okay. called me and she. I spoke to her and I told her everything. Yes, I told her everything that was going on, and I just I didn't have one thing about me. I'm not a lie. I don't lie, and that's not something I'm like. I don't lie. I just. I'm, there's no one to lie to. Like, who is such to lie to? Like, we all have the same type of life setup. You know, we are all given one chance on this earth. So, I'm, you know, so I say I had to say I told her the truth, and I was just like, listen, this is what happened. I lost a scholarship, and she just she was so open to give me a second chance, and so open to just provide an opportunity that can change my life, which it did. Um, rest in peace, and Donovan. Um, my mama bear. And she brought me into Seton Hall and, and, and Seton Hall is where 
everything shifted for me because I had someone, I had a coach, I had a mentor, I had uh, a person off the court who I called my mama bear who cared about TJ. You know, as I said on the stage earlier, she cared about TJ, the person, not just the player. And that's one of the things I feel that miss that's missing, especially now in just the sports community. I mean, you have individuals like, um, uh, what is this? Uh, I forgot, I'm tipping her name right now, but you have so many individuals in the sports realm, you know, like a Pat Summit who says, you know, the game doesn't stop when the player leaves the court. You know, it just begins. And that's who Ann Donovan was for me. And by that, I found out I had ADD. Um, because she said, look at the court. And when a coach says, look at the court, they say, look at the players. And instead I looked at the court and she was like, okay, this is the last day. I, I really got to speak to CJ again. And we came in and then we, she said, I'm going to do a evaluation and everything. And I found out I had ADD and I had um, therapy three times a week during the season with my sports psychologist, um, because I was just like, I need to figure this out, you know? And that's how ev- everything shifted. Got went to the Connecticut Suns camps, like pro basketball started from there, went overseas. Um, because when you, f- when I was able to focus in on a positive with my ADD and put it towards something, which was rebounding, I became the Dennis Robin of the Big East. I became the number Hopefully one. Hopefully, not in terms of your behavior, just, just <laughs> no. in terms of your rebounding. I became the number one, number two rebounder, let me correct myself, um, in the Big East Conference and number one rebounder in um, my senior year in the Big East Conference. And so after college, then WNBA playing overseas. That's how I got picked up, rebounding. When your playing career ended, Mm -hmm. because a player playing careers are so finite in sports and so... Was it in your mind what comes next? Did you know? Did you have a plan? I had a plan. I was fortunate, again, to have um, Ann Donovan in my life. So I, while I was playing overseas, I was doing my first master's um, at University of Phoenix Online. So I already had a plan. Um, did I know what this degree was going to do for me? No, but I knew, uh, let's get it so we can start looking for jobs, you know. Um, but a lot of athletes don't have a plan, you know. And I was... I was already going to give up the game. You know, it wasn't taken away from me. And that's the difference. When the game is taken away from you, like a lot of athletes, you are frustrated. My little brother's going through that right now. You are frustrated. You are are just hurting so deeply inside because this is not a job that you wanted to give up. You've been doing this since you're 13, 14 years old. So to retire, and this is not a choice that you necessarily put on the table, it's hard. You know, for me, I had the choice. I was just like, I am tired. I am done. I do not want to play professionally no more. I, it, it would be selfish and unfair if I did not allow this opportunity to go to someone coming up. Mm-hmm. I think that's true of many things, mm-hmm. what, what you just said. And obviously the people listening to this and their cars <laughs> are at home. Very few of them are playing professional sports, right? So <laughs> they are. Uh, but, but Life these is are, a professional the, sport. I, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you mean by that. 
life is a professional sport. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. You have to understand the people who you're supporting and surrounding yourself with. You have to understand the plays that are coming to you daily, how you're going to maneuver through that strategically, um, who is going to help you move forward, who's going to push you forward, who's a liability in your life. Because you have to, you have to understand that you need assets in your life, not liabilities. You have to understand how to read situations, how to speak to people, um, how to keep on going in, um, in difficult, challenging times. I mean, the last two years, challenging times. Before that, probably challenging times. Now, challenging times. Life is a professional sport that you play that you play consistently. <laughs> There's no halftime break. I mean, you know, you play consistently and you have to practice to win, you know? So I'm a firm believer of that. I love the way that you phrased that. Oh. And, and it's it really is true. I mean, for, for many of us, we can think about who's our coach, right? Who's our mentor. Mm-hmm. We can think about who And are your the mentor people on doesn't have team. to be someone that you met. I, I always say that. Jay-Z's my mentor and I never met Jay-Z in my life, but we have the same upbringing story <laughs> and he's made a switch, you know? So a mentor is just someone that you see um, that can be someone that you've seen accomplish things that you are interested in and you take notes. I mean, the world is so open now. You can take notes from anyone and be successful. It's just gotta be consistent. Like that a lot. Maybe Jay Z one day. Maybe Jay Z will listen to this and he'll reach out to you. That'd oh, be, if you send it to me, I'm gonna forward it. <laughs> Everywhere, every opportunity I got. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, so, mm-hmm. so now you're in your post basketball world. You've got yeah. your two degrees. So, so what is on the horizon for you in terms of? And this is a big piece in terms of the impact you're trying to make in the world. Oh, wow. The impact I'm trying to just simply make in the world is creating the next generation of athletes. So I have a sports technology company called Nurture Sport. And basically we are we are the NCAA off the court, off the, when you're not playing your sport. So what we do, we help athletes get jobs with our job board. We help athletes with sports psychologists. We make sure that we are not disrupting their day-to-day life while they're playing the sport. So everything is just, act, you're able to access everything online. We provide resources and we have a um, statistic generator that matches all high school athletes to the proper college, whether it be D1, D2, D3, NAIA, and JA, to show them that even if you have a, 0.1 GPA, you can still play um, collegiate basketball, you know, and get a scholarship and have it pay for you at an NJA and then transfer in. There's always a way. And that's what I want to teach my my babies, my athletes, is that there is always a way. And how many athletes, if you had to guess, have you helped find their way with this so far? 36,000. I know the number by heart now. <laughs> Because we've partnered with the PSAL, the Public School Athletic League in New York, the tri-state area, and it's 369 schools, 36,000 athletes, and only 2% of them get scholarships, which is 720 of them. And now we're pushing that forward. So we know the stats. We've been really hitting it hard. And then I have a sports leadership consultancy where I go to colleges and schools and work directly with the athlete. You know, um, they call me the Aunt Viv. of sports, um, like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and yeah. the experience. And I think that's so cute. But it's just, you know, who am I to ever um, not help the way my coach helped me? Yeah. So well said. TJ, you're doing awesome things. Appreciate you. You have, uh, <laughs> your life could have gone very differently. Yeah. And so really, really yeah. amazing that you 
saw the opportunity and took the fork in the road because not everybody does that. Mm -hmm. Uh, TJ, this has been a cool conversation. Your energy is fun. So as we wrap up, Mm -hmm. I always ask my guests one question. Yes. And that is, what is your biggest helping? That one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Move with intention. Move with intent every single day. You didn't even think about that for a second. Nope. You even didn't even blink. <laughs> I love it. Where can people learn more about what you're doing? Well, you can always find me on my website to jashmead.com. I'm on the socials at Nurture Sport um, on Instagram. Nurture Sport without Sport without the O. So Nurture Sport S P R T and then to J Ashmead on Instagram as well. So follow me. I'm a vibe. Let's go. <laughs> and we got you covered. We got everything. TJ Ashmead in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com. Yes. Well, TJ, this and congratulations was... on everything for sure. That I love podcasting. I'm just nervous always to do it. So you're knocking it out the park. Appreciated. So. Very much appreciated. <laughs> and each and every one of you who chose to listen to our conversation today, I appreciate you too. Oh. If you like what you heard, go give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I will. Because that's what helped. I was talking to them, but you can do it too. Yeah. because this is what helps people find the show but most importantly go out there today and do something nice for somebody else even if you don't know who they are and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag my daily helping because the happiest people are those that help others